So, you know, you have your little, um, I'm, I got it right here. <laughs> what is that? Is that, so, so turn that sideways. See if that can, uh, no, 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 no. Like turn it to the, so we can see the depth. Oh, this way. Yeah. So what? it's blurry. Sorry. I don't, I don't know how to make it focus. Cormac has this. That, is... that is quite a manual right yeah. there. I'm sort of covering okay. over the uh, architects, Nate, that gave me this because, you know, they're not a sponsor. Privacy. 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 So, so, okay, so explain what you're holding up that people who are listening can't see. So I am holding up the pocket reference. So you had pulled out um, this pocket reference that you had a few episodes ago. Yeah, and, and I said I was going to read a word every time we record an episode, and I, ha I haven't done it since. Haven't. I, I feel I've really let the listeners down. The glossary of architects and architecture, and there are very few architects in here. So, and so this was... is a pocket reference guide. In yeah. this pocket reference mm -hmm. guide, it's actually really interesting because, yes, it has general knowledge and information for architects, mm -hmm. but it also has, let's say, things like personal information. Birthdays, what? anniversaries. Oh, like for, for you of, to enter? So it yeah, has so blank for, spots? Okay. That's so it's good. got a little chart for me to, to fill out. So this my... is pre-smartphone era right here. Well, this is 2007. So this, this came out the same time as our iPhones came out, right? That's so, right. Yep. But what's interesting about it is like, so it has hand signals for uh -huh. crane operation. Yes. <laughs> It has need a quick refresher on that. It it has maximum floor joist spans. It has insulation values. It has wood characteristics. Soft lumber grading, hardwood grading. This one is actually somewhat my favorite here. Tire size codes, American sizings, and European sizings. Mm, just so, when you need it. Just when you need it. So this so, is like a graphic standards and a Haynes manual all in one. Yeah. If you need to know spark plug torque, lead acid battery, specific gravity and charge, antifreeze table. Wow. Um, wait. This is super useful. This is a MacGyver book. This is totally a MacGyver book. Wow, I didn't know MacGyver proof, had a book, but I'm pretty sure he did have this proof book. Proofreading marks. Think about it. Proofreading marks. Oh, so like so, when you're marking up somebody else's writing, you know what yeah. symbols to write. Nice. Plastic recycling symbols, plane and figure formulas for geometry. See, I'm gonna wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! I just flipped past something here. <laughs> we could just do a whole episode on you going through this book and seeing what catches your eye. Knots. Knots. Yes. Knots. Do they have a, a specific one for climbing knots? I mean, there aren't that many knots that we use in climbing, but um, could be useful. Do you know what is any specific knot uh, Like a double figure eight, a half hitch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's a butterfly knot. There is a clinch knot, clove hitch. There you go. Clove hitch. Um, Clove hitch, half hitch. Yep. Yeah, there's a half hitch here. You got the bowline. You got the bowline knot. I mean, bowline. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yep. Fisherman's bend and or an anchor bend. Got the square there. knot. I, I'm just doing the the usual suspects. There's so many amazing knots out double there. Double back, double back knot. 
uh, dropper loop, half hitch, granny knot. I, nice. you know, a granny and, knot. <laughs> and so the thing about it is, is no, do we really need a diagram for a granny knot? Come on, people. I mean, <laughs> if you gave someone a rope, they'd probably do that one. It, at the very least, they could do that one. Yeah. So that, but, but I mean, and there's diagrams of how to tie them. So These they books show are so cool. So man. they sh they so show cool. it they show it loose, right? So you yeah. know that you basically yeah. can follow it. Like if you were like tracing out, you know, yeah, drawing your fingers across, like say, uh, you know, a Celtic knot type thing. You uh -huh, know, it's, it's uh -huh. something very similar to like that. And okay. I guess I admit that I might actually be somebody who traces around a Celtic knot with my hand. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this thing live in this, the dream Cormac live in the dream <laughs> so so um, this talks about thermal expansion it talks about flat steel sizes it talks about flat steel strengths it, it it's, it's an it, odd collection it, it, honestly it really, like it, it yeah what's the deal with that I can't see it sorry my, my monitor is too tiny okay no. survey and mapping Oh, interesting. So you can get to go. It talks about all the different scales of a map. It talks about symbols. It has um, magnetic declination maps. Now we're into tools. Nice. And it talks about American um, standard tools, British Association standard threads. Um, it doesn't say anything about why. Every time you go to look for it, your 10 millimeter socket is missing. <laughs> That's why you have to buy three of those. It's every of the, the ones you use the okay. most often, you need to have three of them because okay. you need so, one in the tool bag, you need one in the tool box, and then you need a backup. So I, <laughs> I was just perusing the local Ace hardware and I, I stumbled upon, I was just looking at the sockets and stuff, and they had a 10-piece, 10 10-millimeters 10 yeah, socket. Yeah. Exactly. Like, perfect. That's perfect. it. That is, exa that is an amazing gift right there for anyone who actually uses tools. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I can tell you which cars my 10-millimeter sockets are still under the hood of. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're stuck on some cross member under the yeah, radiator. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever currently is driving my right. 2017 Chevy Traverse, well... There's one in there. There's one in there. There's more than one in there. I, I took off the front bumper of our old Toyota Sienna minivan because I replaced the headlights. I tore the I, whole I, front I end that. off, uh, yeah. which is what you have to do yeah. right when you want to swap out headlights on a semi-modern car, and not yeah, even a new... Virtually anything, yeah. really. I found like three tools inside that uh, once I tore that off. <laughs> I found like a flat tip screwdriver, a socket wrench, and a Phillips bit for a for a drill. So what would be interesting is to try to trace or at least create a story behind how they got there, you know? But it's it's such and, and an they're, And they're not even your – I'm, I'm assuming those <laughs> weren't not yours. Tools. Those – they are right. I mean – they are now. They're new to me. They are yeah, now. <laughs> exactly. But, but what would be interesting is just, it's like, okay, what were they doing? What to, were they doing? And how, how many bloody knuckles were yeah, involved in this? That <laughs> flathead screwdriver, was it, were they refastening a radiator hose or, you know, trying to like yeah. pry 
those stupid little clamps that are like the double, because yes. my, yep. my, uh, my son had, had texted me, he was like, Hey, uh, the headlight in our Mazda had gone out and he was out driving in the, in the dark. And I was just like, there is a replacement headlight in the um, glove compartment. However, I just prefer the lamp. You, you're talking about just the, just the bulb, just the bulb. I was like, however, I prefer you not to do it in the dark because even if you can get to it, there are some things that hold that in that I don't want you to break because once you break them, we've broken it, you know. You do it in the dark and then you get frustrated Mm -hmm. and those, those clips are breaking and those so hard to replace. Yeah. 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 I will say buy a pack of 300 of them to just get one. Yeah. (laughs) The, there is a special place in hell. For the engineers <laughs> who have designed, Let me, taking notes, the yes, re- yes, where, how you replace practically, as you said, practically any and every headlight these days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Everybody, you must you know, remove I'm, half of the engine to get to the to the I've, one headlight. The other one is easy. You only have to take the battery out. To so get to the, that one. So to the Mazda, <laughs> there's one that if if you are have thin hands, long fingers, strong fingers, and are say double jointed, where you can basically you know con- contort your hands around. Which, by some slim chance, I actually have. Yes, you um, <laughs> I was going to say I'm thinking of your yeah. That uh, if if you <laughs> don't have fingers. if you don't have those tools, then you basically have to so. The first time I did it, I had to remove the fuse box on one side, the air filter on the other side to just get to a point where I could get my hand in the well where I could get it. Yeah. In, in the traverse, you had to basically go in through the wheel well. Yeah. To get to to the headlight. Yeah. You have to take the wheel off. Yeah. So you have room. Well, then you have to take the liner out and you have to break all those clips or you have well, to be really I will, careful. Well, I will about... say that I did. I, I was I was pretty good about being able to turn the wheel, you know, hard left or hard right, whichever direction, right. you know, whichever wheel well I was in. And mm-hmm. so that I could basically just unscrew a portion of it, pull it back and then reach my hand in and then contort my hand around and, and all of that other stuff. Now, yeah. do you come out? unscathed no you're most likely it's death by a thousand cuts just to you have sheet repl- metal scratch sheet metal, sheet metal scratches yeah. all over the place yep yep i mean so they're it's interesting because i think about that and i think about the way that we have to design access panels and all of that other stuff mm-hmm. in architecture and and how we mm-hmm. go about do that because um I, w- I was reviewing some documents for for one of the one of the eight buildings honors and and the cool thing is is that in revit at least if you're using a family the family shows basically a dash line in there that says this is the clearance area that i need to get to say like a fan coil unit or something like that right and so if i was changing a filter or if i was changing a valve or something like that this is the room that i need to have clear for all of that and then you 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 do the math backwards and you try to figure out whether or not you have that. And I was, I was showing people and it's just like, oh, well, we moved this wall. And I'm like, but did you coordinate with the engineer to move the mechanical unit? They're like, 
well, we don't really need to move the mechanical user. We're only moving the wall. It's like, do you see the dashed line um, that is now on the <laughs> other side of the wall? What's that for? You know, yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was just like, and so let me explain to you what, you know, what that is. You, you, those are the kinds of things though, where you're just like shaking your head. You're, mm -hmm. How is it possible to not know this? And yet, yeah. and yet this is something that is not known by some people. I was, I was watching someone today. We were talking through some changes for an additional service for, uh, that we're working on and so I was watching them make the changes as I was explaining them. You know, we were you know, marking it up through Zoom and they were just kind of real time making the changes. And I, and I, was, I, I knew that Revit was going to basically ignore the column that we were moving the wall to. And it did. And it just drew the wall right on through the column. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that irks me so much. But because you're old, like, that's why. Can't we just <laughs> have our documents show the reality of how the thing is going to be built? Because I will say that there's a lot of times that people will just ignore it and move on. Not a big deal, yeah. right? You know, of course. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, that's it, default. It, right it is a big deal. <laughs> Look, we don't build, we don't put metal studs through a concrete column. We, we stop on either side of it. And if, and then depending on like how we're actually like furring across that column, are we just skimming across it? Do we have furring across it? Is the stud actually sitting out beyond it and going past it? Mm -hmm. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, it prompts all of these questions that I wish people would be asking more of. Well, do, is this stuff in your manual? Because if it is, you could just gift this manual to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, it would be or interesting. Or maybe you need to write an architectural manual. This is, graphic standards doesn't go into this level of detail. I'll just say that. Well, here's the funny thing. Graphic standards does. Graphic standards at least shows how you detail things, or at least it used to. I don't, to be quite honest with you, I haven't picked up a graphic standards yeah. in Yeah, I'm years. looking for mine. I, I don't know where it is, but it's, I, I have, uh, I have the Newfert, uh, reference manuals as well. So I the have old graphic standards and, and the modern um, Imperial and metric Newfert manuals somewhere hmm. around here. So I have a building construction illustrated graphic standards one. I have the AIA graphic standards. In fact, I, I was gifted a few of the really old ones, which people wonder why I have like edition number two and edition number four and, and I think whatever the red one is and I think the last one I have is the silver one and I don't know what that you don't need that many Cormac you really don't I, I don't I don't you know my favorite <laughs> graphic standards book is is it the one with the metal like the plaque on the front cover Smackna oh okay so you're not actually talking about graphic standards you're, you're well, talking about a different manual it is still graphic. I mean, it's graphic standards for flashing and, you know. Yeah, it doesn't yes. say graphic standards. on It doesn't say graphic standards. <laughs> Being very literal. Do you, do you know why I like that one the most? It's because it actually no. shows you how to build stuff. I, Sheet metal stuff, yeah. So that that is a really cool manual. I don't think I've ever owned one of those. And I think it's just fun to say Smekna. Yeah. I don't know if I owned it as it. Didn't you? Yes. Five finger. <laughs> <laughs> Five finger discount. <laughs> I, I, I might have borrowed it and never returned it. <laughs> An accidental non-return. Yes, yes. But I will say that 
And I was telling you this the other day. So, you know, I was in a Starbucks. It was actually for the first time in like forever, really. Oh yeah, you and, were at the uh, at the reserve store. Where where was that? Well, in no. So that one was the the reserve store in Chicago, but I was just in a regular oh, okay. store, um, okay. small town in uh, Northville, Michigan. Um, okay. And I was sitting there and I was looking at some of the the wall art that they had, and I was just like Frank Ching, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that name rings a bell. <laughs> I was just like, and I was just like. <laughs> I started like muttering to myself, like a little old man, you know, like, you know, and it was just basically just like enamored at like these, you know, amazing little old man. Is it you or Frank? Well, Frank is definitely a little old man. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that the, I'm like looking around on my desk and I know it's like just out of arm reach, so I can't find it, but. It's okay. Of, take a moment. This this show gets edited. You can you can leave well, your chair. A friend of mine gifted me a red Lammy pen. In mm, that red nice. Lammy pen was a mandatory purchase for her when she was taking Frank Ching's class at wow. the University of Washington. List of materials. <laughs> Red, red, lemmy, medium nib, fine nib. What? Uh, I believe it's a fine nib. And she gifted it to you. And she gifted it what, to me because she just. What she, kind of amazing person is this that uh, we have to she, give a shout out to on the show? That, um, it's incredible. Jennifer. All right, Jennifer. That's good an enough. Amazing that's all you have to person. say. Yeah. I mean, that's it's not too too closely identified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's good. no, but that's but good. She knows because she does listen on occasion. But yeah, she gifted me like a handful of Lammies and that one happened to be one of them. And I'm like, really? I mean, wasn't like touched by the master or anything, you know, at least that, not that I know of, but, but I mean, you know. It was I in mean, his presence. I mean, obviously. You know, it, it's uh, six degrees of separation of Frank Ching. Right. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. So there was actually artwork from like so hand sketches was, of Francis Ching yes. framed on the wall yeah. in Starbucks. Yes. Yes. And it, and, and do you think that's because Starbucks and Francis Ching are both Seattle he, yes. natives or Seattle okay. based and he did actually okay. do uh, cuz I did look them up and he did basically these limited print sketches for Starbucks. So they commissioned him to That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. That's and, super cool. And and yes, would I have loved to have pulled them all off the wall and put them on my walls and you would have been Five right finger behind discount. me? <laughs> uh, you know. I, mean, I might have accidentally not returned those. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I think so, those so, are the words you used. <laughs> I, you know, these have got to be professionally cleaned. So let me, let me go ahead and take mm, them off the wall. I can handle that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so I'll go ahead That's and just take call. them off the wall and, and, you know, I'll return them. I mean, it takes months for that to, oh, that yeah. process to be yeah. done correctly. Exactly. Yeah, at least, yeah, at I a mean, minimum. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a coffee stain on the glass or a coffee stain on the matting, but, you know, I mean, you got to. has to be it, fully disassembled. Yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. Assemble. Forensically. I have to look at it on the wall to make sure that the light is hitting it properly you know, and make sure so if it's like the wall behind. You might try different color temperatures even to see what, what's there best. Go. There you go, exactly. You might take your time there. Yeah. Is Get that the appropriate, what what color should the walls actually be? Oh, yeah, pink color too. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. I mean, and, and is the frame the appropriate frame? Exactly. And is it 
non-reflective glass, you, you, right. different thicknesses. You got to test the refraction. See? You got a lot of work to do. See, yeah. we're now we're talking. Now we're now talking. we're talking. <laughs> well, I have a, apparently I have a mission. <laughs> so so back to this this uh, old man status that you pulled out on your drawings here. So. <clears throat> What do you expect Revit to do in that situation? Do you think it should offer up? I don't expect. Do you think it well, should be like Clippy and it's and it's like I see you're trying to pass a wall through a column. Do you want to fur this out? Do you want to wrap the column with a with would, a column? Would, like what do you, would I love there to be a Revity? You know, a Revity. <laughs> I would love there to be a Revity. However, I you would. what I would I think like you would turn that thing off, just like you already ignore all the warnings. In I was going to say all the warn, all the warnings and errors that you get. That's what's actually and, telling. And them. Do you want to synchronize this right now? No, it's never the right time. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, exactly. So you, but what would I like it to do? I would like it for to other say, people. I would like for somebody to like pop up, like a little Revity would, would like a little Cormac. I think a little Cormac, a little Actually, AI avatar of you. Know, you. What would be cool is is then it uses your computer camera and it like brings a picture of you up. So so you know it turns mm-hmm. the camera on, and mm-hmm. so then it puts like little Revity on your shoulder and says, "Are you sure? <laughs> Have you checked everything? <laughs> you know." And it's like with a red filter overlaying exactly. it. Like exactly. Little devil. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then the other one over here is just like just sync. Here's like, the right way to do it. Exactly. This is what you should do. <laughs> here's, Who cares? Here's three good Somebody options. else will figure that out. Right. I, I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> the devil on your shoulder. <laughs> the angel on your shoulder. Uh, this is your your inner turmoil, your 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 conscience, like playing out in real time. I love it. When we surrounded ourselves with all of those drafting manuals, we drew it based off of all of the different tried and true methods of like construction techniques, um, manufactured suggestions, warranty. Okay, okay. Stuff. Hold on, hold on. Okay, first of all, define what these manuals are. But but secondly, I think I already did. All those <laughs> does. Oh, you're talking about the books. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but okay, but you. Was it on your own? I, I assume the answer is yes. Was it on your own volition to spend the time to go through those and really soak it up? Because I don't think we give anybody the time, nor do they have the attention span to begin with, to actually do the thing that you did, which was soak all that stuff up, so that when you never know when the when when the time's going to arise to where you have to deal with that. But here it is in front of you right now, and and the. The incentive right now is to is to move forward as fast as possible. It is not to take time to stop and pause and consider the options and to figure it out right or to ask questions. It's not that. So whose fault is it? Okay, so let me let me answer that in a story. Yes. <laughs> so I remember I'm rubbing my hands together here. This is gonna be good. So I remember when I first started working in an office. And yes, this was the transition. So yes, all the gray hairs legitimately means because I'm old. And so I, I'm thinking right now of like a so when I when I started working Cormac. in an office, it was the actually it was spring break of my second year, and it just so happened that I answered an ad 
that they were looking for a draftsman. And I'm like... In the classifieds. Exactly. And I was like, I need some money. Nobody knows what those are anymore. And so (laughs) I got a a part-time job in a firm that still exists today um, in downtown Montgomery, Alabama. And they basically said, you're going to be drawing. Here's a floor plan that we want you to draw. I'm like, second year. You know, it's just like... We've had, you know, basic hand drafting at best. You have no clue. No clue whatsoever. <laughs> and and I told them, I'm like, I have no clue whatsoever. And I and I've told this story before where they they looked at what I had done and they're just like, This is good. It's like and and just like, dude, without missing a beat, and maybe this is, you know, some of my expectations came from of like what you, how you should, I don't know, whatever, whatever my expectations are. Without missing a beat, this is like, you know, the only thing that's really going to fix this. And he untaped it from my desk and crumpled it up. (laughs) That's right. And he, there's there's one solution to this problem. There's one solution to the problem that you created and it's start over because. Looks good. Start over. This is a pile. You know, this, this is a complete pile. And there is, there is no way that we are going to put that because I was actually doing billable work and, and this was something that they were, that I was supposed like, this was going to be a part of a permit set. But you were making what? Three fifty an hour? I'm just going to say it. If that, yeah, sure. If that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so (laughs) what did they do? And in fact, actually one of the one of the principals and so i'm going to give a, a brief shout out to p pwba and yes we used to you know make the acronym peewee's big adventure <laughs> in in montgomery alabama you know one of the principals had handed me he'd given me because it was one of his older gra- architectural graphic standards and yes i still have that that was the i believe second edition nice. or one that i have He'd given it to me. He said, here, keep this. This is yours. He threw it at you. It left a bruise. Now you still have the evidence. You know, it, yeah. was, it, it wasn't, you know, I mean, you know, he didn't like do it and just say, here, kid, this contains all the knowledge that you've ever needed. And he's just like, dude, you've already wasted my time here. Take this, figure out how to draw a damn floor plan and uh, let's start over again. And so typical, handed typical me a book. older yeah. architect Hand, just ha- fed yeah. up. Handed me a book <laughs> and said, Learn. figure out your damn self. And yeah. and that was <laughs> that is the mentality of how our generation was mentored. Figure it mm-hmm. out yourself. You know, it it, it was totally. that you know, it was just like I don't know if your dad was like my dad. My dad was just like, you know, hey dad, you know, how how do I do this? He's just like why don't you try to figure it out yourself? And if you screw up, then I'll show you how to do it. Yeah. You know, and so if you... My dad sur- was like that with the electrical panel. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why are there so <laughs> many tools underneath the hood of your car? Well, it's because I was trying to figure it out myself. You yeah, know? right. Why didn't you stop when you applied the brakes? Well, it's because when I was putting the drum brake back on, I put the, um, I, I, I put the uh, springs backwards and it didn't... <laughs> When I depressed it, didn't stop anymore. Yeah, when I did, when I depressed <laughs> the brakes to push the pads out, it actually pulled the pads in. Nice, so, that's a feature. You know, <laughs> so those were the things. It's like you figure it out, and yeah, and so I did, and so I'm 
pretty particular about the way things are drawn and are they drawn right? Because, and I, and I make this claim all the time, until we build off of the model, we are still producing 2D documents, right? 2D documents mm -hmm. for submission to, and now the good thing is, is that the current project that's under construction in Baltimore, you know, they're using the models to coordinate. Yes, they're using the 2D drawings for typical layouts and things like that, but they're also doing a very comprehensive model of existing conditions, new conditions, and all of that other stuff to really kind of like vet whether or not some of the things that we're trying to do actually fit and actually work. And so it gives me hope that we will rely more and more on the way the model is and not the way the drawings look, right? If we're, you know, people get so hung up on why is that wall going through the column? Well, we know that, you know, maybe it's a modeling error or maybe it's just, you know, some something that was just forcing Revit to not recognize that column or something and it just passes it right on through, whatever. Whatever it is that it is. But we know that that's not the way it's going to be built. We know that the wall is going to stop at one side of the column and start back up on the other side of the column. So, you know, you've got That's two. what the details are for. Yeah, and that's Come what on. the details are for. Right. But if we're modeling it and we're building off of the model, then we don't necessarily have to rely 100% on the accuracy of, we want to know where the built wall is placed, right? And I'm kind of getting yeah. myself in a little bit of trouble here because I'm the one who really actually like prefers everything to be drawn right. But I'm also saying that the model, you know, can give us a little bit of freedom of not necessarily drawing it perfectly right if we're building off of the model and right now we're just not doing that. And so, well, back to then that's it, it depends on so many things. There oh, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the jurisdiction. It's the code officials. It's it's. Yeah, it's an, oh, it's an incredibly all the, messy all the above, situation. All of those. I mean, we've, yeah. we've talked to people where, remember when we had the conversation with uh, the guy from Shop Architects and, mm -hmm. you know, when he was talking about the process that they had to go through for the mm -hmm. Barclays Center and right. how that was a, a, a model-based delivery process and how they had to basically convince the AHJ and the fire marshal to review the documents as a 3D model rather than a 2D deliverable. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that, you know, I, I do see the future could potentially be that. As of right now, it's not. And so if it mm -hmm. isn't that, then the graphics have to be right. Right? Mm -hmm. Should be. Like, yep. you know, you yep. hope, hope that that's because... And so I was, I was like flipping through the documents and I was showing, and this is a 25% cartoon set that I was, that I was flipping through. And so all fairness to the people who were pulling it together, that it wasn't, obviously it's not going out to bid, it's not going to permitting. And so, you know, all we're doing is trying to gather as we cartoon it out and gather as much information for, you know, this particular project as we can on there. So that we can see what we have and, you know, what needs to be detailed, what needs to Why be. Why are you zeroing in on the wall and the column then, Mr. Mr. Senior Architect? Come on. That, that was, <laughs> but, but what I wanted to show them was, is that at the end of the day, when we do send this out, and it's going to be going out pretty quickly because this is one of those fast track items. So, 
Yeah, we only have a few. Yeah. Like every everything is, is that <laughs> draw it right the first time, and you don't have to go back to fix it. Mm -hmm. And you know, and and so if you're if you're trying to figure out like, but but the thing about it is, is that it it gives me the opportunity to show them or mentor them in how things go together, right? Like, okay, if I'm just going to pass that wall in front of the column, but the, you know, like say the two, the stud, you know, are flushing out, like the face of the stud flushes out with the face of the column, or, and then we're just going to pass a piece of drywall in front of that column. How does that, co you know, like, is that column wide enough that you can do that without having to do a mechanical fastening? Do you have to do hat channels behind it? Should you pull all of that assembly out a little bit more and do a, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for me to, and that's why I'm zero. That was why I was zeroing in on that column is it's an mm -hmm. opportunity to explain to them the whys of where that wall really should be, because I understand where the contractor is going to put that wall, how they're going to build that. And so if we can do it in the way that it's going to be, you know, the construction sequence, you know, how it's going to be built and all that other stuff. That to me is a far better way of, of drawing the, it all out. I mean, obviously that's the way that we all try to do it, right? We try to do it the way that's. Well, you're thinking, you're thinking about construction when you're doing the drawing or when you're looking at the drawings Yeah. at the earliest stages. And I don't know what the makeup of the people on your team are and if they have any of that experience or they have uh, zero of that experience. Un unfortunately, you know, they're newer and so they don't have a lot of infield experience. I mean, one of my favorite mm -hmm. things to do, and unfortunately as now a remote employee, I don't have that luxury of being, being able to take people out onto site and walk them through and say, you know, you, you remember that line that you drew here or remember that wall that you drew next to that column? There it is right there. And yeah. then letting yeah. them understand and kind of like wrap their mind around. Oh. Yeah. I, I think that's a big part of it. But I also th go back to kind of, you know, earlier on in the conversation when I asked about how you learned how to do that stuff and, and you, you scoured graphic standards and you studied it. Yeah. I scoured plan books and magazines and really looked at how things were drawn. <laughs> And, and I also think about when we were in school and we did case studies, like this was the point of doing case studies, yeah. right? Was, yeah. was these buildings were built and they're considered basically epic masterpieces, right? <laughs> Typically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you figure out why. And you look at those conditions of, I mean, for me, it was first year and it was Craig Elwood and it was just like, let's look at all the Craig Elwood houses you know, one for every person in the room <laughs> who's going to be doing this next studio project. And we're going to look at this particular architect's drawings. Right. And we're going to look at the documentation and then we're going to look at the photographs and then we're going to build models of that. And through that process, we learned how columns meet beams and how walls meet columns or if right. they don't right if they miss like right. corbusier or you know you can think about all the different conditions that are out yeah, there yeah, yeah, and yeah. and how we over five years studied those and and all the different ways you could solve these problems or highlight these elements or think about 
how to treat these things. And and I just wonder what what is that like nowadays? What what is the architectural? I I, I assume that's not all lost. Um, and at the, and then there's this other kind of set of incentives tugging on everyone, which is like click faster, right? Just click faster. I don't care what you're drawing. Just click faster. Right. Be quote unquote productive and get get things drawn or modeled. Um, so anyway, yeah. I, I know that there's competing incentives here for sure. But at the same time, it's like if you don't have the ability to just say like, why? What should we do here? And and raise that up as an issue or a, or an opportunity. That, yeah. That's uh, I don't know. So so part of that story about going back to like that firm that I worked for in Montgomery, Alabama, and one of the reasons why I was bringing it up was the mm-hmm. fact that we were taught to think about, you know, like if we were designing, we were taught to think about like the ramifications of what we were doing as it like, as it kind of like um, affected the construction document. So like, you know, how is it going to mm-hmm. be built? Can it be built? Things like that. And, and as we've evolved into CAD and BIM and who knows, you know, the next steps in the next steps, it, I started to see a trend and this wasn't necessarily, and this is not a young person culture kind of like, you know, comment. This is, this is just a trend because we are expecting them to click faster, you know, to, to work more, to be more productive, to get these documents out faster and stuff. And started noticing this trend. It's like, oh yeah, well we did that on this project. Why don't you just take those details from that and, and put them on this document? Copy and so, and, yeah. and exactly, it was this this whole mm-hmm. philosophy of copy and paste. And so, when we started to cut and paste from one document to another, these details, and then not really knowing whether or not it actually like worked as it should for that particular application, it was like, well, you see, we've we've got you know wall sections here. We've got head sill and jam details for an aluminum storefront system. And it's just Completely like, is it that? With this project. Exactly. It's like, right. is it tailored for that particular detail that you're doing? Or when they build it, you're like, oh, hmm, that's not exactly what I wanted. But that's what you gave them. So that's what I, you copied. Exactly. And that's what you copied yeah. and pasted. It was, I, I was showing, I was showing people today, because it it goes back to this one boss that I had, and she was so particular about the graphic standards of documents and we used to complain it's like well who cares and then i got it it dawned on me as i evolved my career and it was like oh if i don't understand what i'm drawing how the hell do we expect the contractor to understand what they're what they're supposed to be building from what i drew and so i was showing them you know because and, and it wasn't something that they drew, the, the team that I was talking to today. It was something that was already drawn and unfortunately already issued. And unfortunately, something that I missed on my QAQC of them layering a bunch of like section cuts. And so the section cuts were sitting over stairs and the stairs were sitting over, you know, some call outs and some wall tags and stuff. And, and I was just looking, I was just like, tell me what they're saying here. And they're like, I don't know. I can't tell because there's so much stuff sitting over the top of it. I'm like, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Like, how do we expect the contractor to build what we want 
them to build if we don't even know what we're telling them yeah. to build. Because look right. at the, the state of the document. So it's just like people may think that when I harp, when I pull out my old soapbox and jump on it and start beating the drum of like graphic standards and how they graphically arrange a set of documents, that they think it's just me shouting at clouds and saying, you know, just draw it right. You know, no, it is how the hell do you expect it to be built the way you actually want it to be built if you don't even draw it the way you want it to be? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying right there. <laughs> uh, in all of well, that. Well, you know, you think about those uh, those manuals, if we go back to the manuals and how yeah. clearly they communicated ideas. Yes. Now, they were very simple. I mean, it was it was more... It, of an explainer yeah. because it has to be a, a reference sure. resource, right? And it has to be really clear and it's been vetted over and over and over again through decades, yeah. right? I mean, if and if things get updated, I'm sure it's a very right. careful update. And it doesn't work, I'm sure, at the pace that a project goes at. And, and projects are getting more and more complicated all the time. Oh, yeah. More yeah. information. I mean, you're talking about can you build from the model? It's like, well, do you want people spending time modeling everything? Or do you want that design intent to be covered right. in a detail? Like this is a, tr a trade-off you have to right. make, right? And what are you contracted for? What level of detail are you contractually obligated to deliver versus, you know, sp spending the time to do that? 300. Those are all, all things that have to be taken into consideration. And we can't have it all the different ways. We just can't. Right. Right, right, right. So, where are we? like, like, every, and every project's yeah. different, and every team's different, and True. every site's different. So, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things pulling at this issue. It's oh, not a one size fits all solution. Absolutely, sure. and you know, in and so, when I say, until we build off of the model, it's more not a case or me being a proponent of building off of the model, and then us having to over detail the model it's if we are still doing 2d deliverables the 2d deliverables at least have to tell the story of the design intent to the level of detail that you know we're contractually obligated to be but it needs to be vetted enough to have a basic understanding of how it all is going to go together do you have to do like it, it depends you know on what your responsibility is for the for all of the details and everything else but you know, having, I remember early in my career when a contractor kind of pulled me aside and said, what are you guys trying to do here? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like. That's a really fr refreshing statement it, to hear, actually. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> so, so hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> they're like, what is your design intent? Because you have conflicting information you're doing this series of windows and you've got different information on on all these different windows and stuff what are you trying to get at and mm -hmm. it what was good is that it was a contractor that actually was something that someone who wanted to work with you and not just kind yeah. of basically say oh damn architects they don't know what they're doing right let you know right. yes did they hit us with a change order sure they did you know we well, did they change had to. We, they had yeah. to <laughs> but the thing that I learned about it is that one of your best resources for how to detail things out are the people who are actually going to be putting it in. 
Um, well, that's true. That's true. Because I, I, the one thing that I keep thinking of as you're as you're talking about this, though, is that it's something that has never changed. It hasn't changed from manual drafting to CAD drafting to BIM, and and that is that the, there's a lack of coordination that continues amongst all of these different yeah. delivery technologies. And this was like the, the the whole idea behind BIM, right? Was fully coordinated drawings to sure. model. The problem is, is that people are incentivized to take shortcuts. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. And we still haven't cracked the nut of how BIM is seamlessly integrated with the specifications because so many times I see that, oh, this is what we've specified, but this is the detail that we've shown. And yep. are they the same? Coordin- no, <laughs> not coordinated. And they're right. not coordinated. It's just like... Not coordinated with your own document. Not only are your drawings not coordinated together from plans to sections to right. RCPs right. to... Neither are the specifications. Exactly. Right. And and so... And no one even looks at those. Exactly. And so... <laughs> um, yeah. What a mess. What a mess and, we and have how, And how, I mean, many, how many times do you, you remember getting RFIs and most of the time... It's like, uh, it's in the drawings. Well, you no. <laughs> well actually, you say it's in the drawings, and it but may be look. in the drawings. Um, but then when you look at it, you're like, eh, it's sort of in the drawings, but yeah, but because we're talking about contract documents and not just drawings, when the spec mm-hmm. is saying one thing, and the drawings are saying something else, and you're just like, mm, man, mm, yeah. <laughs> Are yeah, we... that's when you hang your head and do the long walk back to, exactly. the, to the drawing board. It's just yeah. like, well, yeah. here goes this ASI that's going to turn into a change order. Yeah. Wah, wah. Exactly. And so, downer. so what I try to tell everybody is that the missing letter in CA is the Y, right? Yeah. And so your documents are supposed to be that Y. So that when you CYA yourself during CA, the documents are there to help you. And so when you draw mm-hmm. them right, mm-hmm. they are your friend. They are your first line of defense against a lawsuit. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, lo- I love it when drawings become the... Uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, oh my gosh, what what kind of a kind of a industry is this what kind of a profession is this when you're yeah you're relying on your drawings to to cya yeah it's rough well i will say that it saved me one time when we were threatened with litigation and all of our documents defended us but because of a shortcut chosen by a contractor to rather than do a full turnkey system like we were specifying and detailing, they basically got a system that was a bunch of parts and pieces to make the same thing. And it was cheaper. Frankenstein. They Frankensteined it together. And lo and behold, Mm -hmm. it didn't work. Ladder poles Mm -hmm. were basically detaching from, um, from one another. So it was like a slider glass and the, the lock wasn't hitting the, the floor receiver like it should and all of these little silly things. And they mm-hmm. literally came after us because we were the ones who convinced them to do these glass slider, this glass slider system, even though they actually did ask for it. But 
whatever, whatever narrative they want to, you know, tell to make themselves feel better. Sure. Whatever. But, you had already spelled it all out for them and they decided yeah. to, to go another direction. But they went another direction. In and so that yeah. the, my documents came to the rescue for the why of the CYA. They did the why. Yeah. Well, another one in the win column for you. Wow. Uh, you so I always the the way that I try to explain the process of doing construction documents is to try to have foresight. And this is not even just construction documents. This is during the design process. This is during the planning process, during the design yeah. process, during the presentation process, during the mm -hmm. construction documentation process is try to have, I always talk to you about the, and I hate to harp on this, the why, you know, we're doing what we're doing kind of things. Let's say have foresight in thinking ahead, three, four, five, six steps ahead is like, if you make a decision on what you want to do, whether it's the glass mm -hmm. sliders, think about it, think about it in a way that if you have the experience, or if you know somebody who has experience with glass sliders, Hey, what are the pitfalls? What are the issues? What, you know, yeah. like, am I getting yeah. myself in any trouble or something like that? Or, oh yeah, no, we had a great experience. Use these. These are better than these because these actually, you know, stand up to abuse or something. Okay, great. Have those conversations. Have them be a part of your design dialogue, your construction documentation dialogue, your CA dialogue, all of the different dialogues that you need to have with yourself. You need to be having yourself, you need to be having a conversation with the Evan who's doing CA on the project that you're designing before you ever get to CA, because how is Evan yeah. going to be dealing with this issue when it actually goes into place? And, you know, try to think about the future, future Evan. Yeah. Future Evan needs to be thanking you. Think about the, think about you. the Evans along the process. Are you helping facilitate Evans in the process of being able to do everything throughout the whole process? People are like, I'm not going to be on this project that long. Screw that. Screw future, Evan. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, you know what? Everybody's replaceable. We can... <laughs> the future Evan, he can deal with it. Like the current yeah, Evan, luck. current Evan's going to go look for something to cut and paste in here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to go climbing. So, you know, I just need to get this detail done and I'm going to just cut and paste a detail in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't mean to sound Good talk. so negative. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> so what it's really like, folks, right here, it, working in the profession. It, it sometimes is. It sometimes is. Mm -hmm.